You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and producer. I have a couple of kids in their 20s and a big German shepherd. That's my status this week, Liz. <laughs> okay, well, that's been pretty consistent over the weeks, Leanne, so that's yeah. good. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. I'm the middle sister hanging out here in my second bedroom slash office slash production studio for Satellite Sisters, and I'm good this week, sisters. More yeah. on that later. Julie? That's, that's a good report, Liz. <laughs> this is Julie. Um, I'm the oldest sister. I live in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm, you know, I have, I'm a grandmother. I have five grandchildren. I'm very happy about that. And I, the big news I want to share is I painted my closet, which is where I am right now. And it's looking really good. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Really? That's, oh. that's nice. That's nice. A fresh coat of paint. I got it going. Yes. And then did you just move all the crap back in? Is that what happened? Just, <laughs> you know, Leanne, I tried really hard not to do that. Okay. Yeah. So good. I have, I have, I have, yes, I have done some editing. Okay. Been good for the moment. Yes. <laughs> I know you're going to get fills up again. Yes. <laughs> I know you're going to get back in those blue jeans from 1973. <laughs> Hang on to those. <laughs> Actually, you probably can. Uh, all right. We, uh, we have a full show this week. Um, later on in the show, we're going to be speaking to writer and performer Annabelle Gerwich. She has a really wonderful collection of essays out now. You're leaving when? adventures in downward mobility uh, the thing about talking to annabelle is she's always like right out there with everything so mm -hmm. uh she covers a lot of topics that i think people are going through in midlife particularly this year uh but she does it with you know empathy and with an edge and a great sense of humor so we'll be talking to so funny. annabelle yeah. gerwich about that we have a bunch of entertaining sisters recommendations that are animal related so that's mm -hmm. excited yes <laughs> entertaining animals why not right and then um my husband's birthday is in two days i am taking all suggestions for what to get him because okay. i'm i'm out 28 years i'm done i <laughs> peaked last year i can't there's i got nothing else so uh that will be later on in the show uh First, though, I just I felt like it was a very heavy week in America last week yes. with all of the gun I violence agree. and yeah. the death and just, just bad news. We had a, some terrible murders here in Los Angeles. I just found it very heavy, and I was trying to take a couple days off, and I managed to do that. And Sunday, I watched... Um, I walked the dog in gardens, but in the afternoon, I found myself alone in my house, which is pretty unusual <laughs> these days. And so I, I thought, I'm going to watch an Oscar-nominated film and just for let you. this all yeah, sink okay. in. My first of the year, and I watched Nomadland, mm -hmm. which I know, Liz, you spoke about. Yeah. But it just was sort of the perfect meditative film after this very heavy week in the country mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it is such a powerful film about loss and grief and home and yeah. mobility and life and memory i just found it it's very slow okay it's not yeah. for everybody yeah when you say meditative that's just a positive spin on super slow too yeah. so just get like, ready for that have a cup of coffee before you watch it sounds or like not definitely. 
Yeah. Or go the other way. <laughs> yeah. But, but I just, I found it very healing in a weird way. It was like kind of helped me deal with a lot of the heaviness last week. So I was grateful that I did watch it. It's beautiful, lyrical filmmaking mm -hmm. and, uh, and seeing it's the only Oscar nominated film I've seen, I'm picking it for all the awards. Okay. So that's, that's it. But I would. Lee, and I, I also saw that you tweeted something about wanting Francis McDormand to wear those overalls to the Oscars. <laughs> yes, I hope that happens. Those because you wore overalls, Leanne. There was yeah. a period where that was one of yes. your Yes, that was your look. Yeah, no shame, before. no shame in the mid nineties. I embraced <laughs> the overall, sure, no. But anyway, I just found it so sort of healing for last week. So I was grateful to have watched it. It's beautiful filmmaking. Well, sisters, did you watch uh, Prince Philip's funeral service uh, this weekend? I did watch that, yes. yes. I did well, not, yeah. No. Oh, I I was really moved by that. I mean, of course, like many have commented, the image of Queen Elizabeth alone with her head bowed was just so poignant, you know? Mm -hmm. Obviously, she was grieving the loss of her lifetime partner, but I just thought this a ceremony was so stark and so simple, and uh, and that you know, you really, I felt like I was really connecting with a woman who was experiencing grief. And so many of us have experienced grief this year. Mm -hmm. You know, it was familiar, you know, it was just, it seemed sort of strangely comforting to watch a beautiful mm. funeral service. Do you know what I mean? Uh, that it just because I've missed funeral services for a number of friends who have passed away this year, and where you couldn't be in person, you know, or you're just restrained by this virus from actually comforting people in grief. Yeah. I, I, I also found it very satisfying to be watching a religious service. I mean, right. we, we haven't been able to attend a lot of religious services and, you know, it's really important and I really, really miss it. Uh, it's just not the same on TV. And to hear that beautiful music, again, that really... You know, I it was such a reminder to me of how much I've missed live music and mm -hmm. how comforting and uplifting and as you were saying, Lee, and healing. Uh, right. You know, we we try not to focus on all the loss that's been going on in the last year and a half, but you know, in that moment, it was just this great thing. And so, rest in peace, Prince Philip. I I thought it was. It was time well spent. I really enjoyed. enjoyed yeah. yeah. You know, in a weird way, Julie. I was I was happy for them that they could just have themselves at the service. I, that's the part of it that I liked, that there weren't 800 people there. It was just the family. And it wasn't even the whole family, so that was sad. But I thought they deserved some time alone together. I, you know, so that part of it I thought was better than just having a big, you know, state funeral ceremonial bash, you know. Anyway, so, yeah. It was, it was very beautiful. Well, as long as we're talking about what is uplifting, uh, you know, I've been working on my hashtag little victories every week since I, since I crushed old lefty here, my left leg. Um, and so I have this week's little victory, I think could be a major turning point in my recovery. Oh, good. Uh, what happened? Yeah, yes. What's up? Well, as I've mentioned, my orthopedic surgeon is super mean right? Super mean. Yes. And every, every time I see him, he just is constantly using words like aggressive. You need to be more aggressive in your PT. And Leon, you were there at the last appointment. He, he said, he theorized that the, the PTs I was working with were his word, the medical word for it was weenies. He said, right. I think you need to work with people who aren't weenies. And then he used 
the word that the keyword that did get my attention instead of saying be more aggressive he said you need to work with someone who's more athletic and i was like uh, yes i do that's, that's me that's your right? lane that's your lane liz <laughs> you've been in the wrong lane you just I've been in the wrong up. lane i've been in the recovery from accident lane but he's like i think if you worked with someone more athletic that it would be better for you and then he suggested a specific practice so that's where i went this weekend and i met the beast that's all i'm going to call her i'm not going to use her real name she was just Perfect. I mean, and that's the beast in the best possible way. So she kept having me try things. She's like, well, has anyone made you do this yet? And I'd be like, no. She's like, okay, you got to do more of that. You got to do more of that. Anyway, after about an hour of working with the beast, I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm, uh, this is it. I feel like now I am on a better path. Oh, so, so there you go. I mean, it's, I was on an okay path, but it was just starting to get to me. And so it maybe even just changing with the right. plan uh, right. is what is what I needed now anyway. Anyway, that is my little victory this week was meeting the beast, embracing the beast. Uh, and uh, I'm just moving forward now in a more athletic way. It's okay. not aggressive. It's athletic. There you go. I feel a whole new product line coming. Yes, <laughs> I know. She's in training now. Yes. Indeed. There's going to be a brand that comes out of it. No <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I had a kind of a good moment this week, too. Um, it, here was the scene. It was at my grocery store. It was in the checkout line at my grocery store. And the woman in front of me asked if I was a satellite sister. Now, I had a mask on. Really? She had a mask on. I know, Liz and Leanne. That, that was surprising because... I don't know how she could even identify me with the, with the mask, but she did. She said that she heard Leanne and I speak in Dallas. Okay, oh. Leanne, how about that? And she, has, she became a listener after hearing us speak. She ends up that she lives in the same neighborhood that I do. So you can see this whole conversation is going so, so, so well. Until I realized what it was that I had on the belt uh, at the checkout line. Now, in oh. her... On her on her her groceries, I saw a lot of fruits, vegetables, lean meats, perhaps some whole grains. <laughs> My purchase consisted of three large bags of candy and two bottles of wine. Okay. <laughs> Oh, it looks so bad. She was being so nice. I was like, oh my gosh. So here's my question to you, sisters. Do, do you ever feel like you need to explain to the people in front of you or behind you, like why you are buying what it is you're buying? Or should yes. just, no? I think in that scenario, yes. I, well, I'm curious. Like, why were you buying three bags of candy? <laughs> I gave you candy once 10 years ago. I think you still have it. Who's the candy for? <laughs> Well, as it turned out, as I mentioned, my, it was my son's birthday. Okay. And he was going to, ha we were going to have a pinata. Okay. Got and it. Okay. This was All right. candy and a little libations for the birthday party. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. So it made sense. But if you didn't know me, uh, you right. would just think, there she is, <laughs> middle of the day. <laughs> so the key question is, did you explain it? To no, your new I did not explain it, but I really felt like 
I needed to explain it. So I hope she's listening to this podcast because that's why, that's why I had those items. Maybe she didn't notice, but I would, I noticed, I'm sure she noticed. Yes. Yeah. So one time I was in line at the grocery store behind Dr. Drew Pinsky, who uh, was a radio host and famously ran the rehab facility here in Pasadena. And, you know, was a doctor that appears on national TV, but we had met him at several radio conferences. So I was going to say, hey, Drew, hi, Leanne Dolan. But I looked down and I had like five bottles of vodka on my, (laughs) it was like 8.20 in the morning. Busted. Because we were making like a cocktail for, of course, a a school parent party. So it was all bad. And I was like, I'm just, now I'm going to hide behind this People magazine. I hope he doesn't recognize me because I am buying just complete vodka at eight. And I don't, I don't even drink vodka. Anyway, so yes, so I have felt that pressure to explain. Yes. Okay. So we're off the hook. We're both off the hook now. Julie, yours is very innocent. Well, that's nice. It's nice okay. that you met. Yes. Yeah, nice that you met a satellite yes. sister. Way very exciting. Very uplifting. All right, coming up on the show, we're going to be speaking with Annabelle Gerwitz. She's a writer and performer. You know her from NPR and her various TV appearances. Her latest book is You're Leaving When, Adventures in Downward Mobility. And we're going to be talking to Annabelle when we get back. But first, we have a couple of words from our sponsors. Liz, you know we love talking about FrameBridge, don't we? We do. (laughs) Because because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leanne, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting FrameBridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame-bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and FrameBridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, rate or gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but FrameBridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this sounds like- But you're going to be happy, okay? (laughs) That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or see a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's FrameBridge.com. Thanks, FrameBridge. I love watching my husband's face because I got him a subscription at Christmas. And, you know, he doesn't take a lot of risks with his wardrobe, but why not? With your MeUndies and every month I'm like, go ahead, open it. See what you're getting this month. It's just exciting. It's just a small pleasure. Yeah, I really, uh, MeUndies really taught me that underwear can be fun. 
you know, I think I had never really embraced like, yeah, having little tiny sloths on my super comfy boy shorts. Why not? Why not do that? Why not, Liz? Never run out of undies or worry about skipping laundry again with a MeUndies membership. Each month, replenish your basics and build your collection with styles that are anything but basic. Styles that let you be the truest version of yourself, right down to your core. And Liz, maybe that's a sloth. I don't know. (laughs) But no pressure. You can always skip a month if you want. Plus, if you're a member, you enjoy discounted pricing, controlled shipping, and an exclusive early access. Love your butt and get the membership. Uh, Okay, MeUndies. To get 15% off your first order and free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash sisters. That's MeUndies.com slash sisters. Thanks, MeUndies. MeUndies.com slash sisters for 15% off your first order and free shipping. Thanks, MeUndies. We are happy to welcome back to Satellite Sisters, Annabelle Gerwitz. She's a writer and performer and her latest collection of essays, You're Leaving When? Adventures in Downward Mobility is literally hilarious and heartbreaking. Annabelle, we're happy to have you back at Satellite Sisters. Thanks for writing this hilarious and heartbreaking book. Oh, well, thanks for being, I consider you my Satellite Sisters. I feel very proprietary over you all. Good. Thank you. You guys are living my dream, the dream of having many sisters. And of course, as you know, that's one of the things that this book is populated with, which is sisterhood and friendships that are very sustaining, I feel, at this point in life. It's it's one of the big investments that actually pays off. I know that's that's a fantastic way to put it. Liz, I feel Mm -hmm. like you you're a winner in the friendship payoff. Uh, oh, thank you, Leah. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, well, I, yeah, I stay in touch with my friends. We plan things together. I mean, that's true, but you know, Julie and Lee and both of you do that too, but you're right about the payoff, Annabelle, you know, that like friendships are sustaining, especially in the last year. Oh my God. What would we have done without, you know, just the touching base with the friends and the people that send you little unexpected notes or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's this thing that I think that has happened through the pandemic. And, you know, I just coincidentally, you know, wrote about this in my book that I started before the pandemic, I was editing it. And I did have a mind to the mindset of, pandemic life as I was editing this book, but I think at a certain point in your life, at least that's what happened with me, you know, other identities were falling away. Uh, Divorce, no longer a wife, my kid went off to college, so I'm no longer daily motherhood, my parents both died, so I'm no longer a caregiver. Uh, Even some of the friendships that were more transactional friendships with you know, people who we were raising our kids together, those just naturally came to an end. And then, you know, what was left is, you know, having to reckon with, I don't know, it sounds so serious, but, you know, this identity at this stage of life of mm-hmm. who I am as a person. And I'm actually these friendships uh, become even more important. People who have witnessed all of these stages in your life. And then also, you know, um, the idea that I think is sometimes uh, a little terrifying, but like making new friendships and it's terrifying. It is. I know it's (laughs) terrifying, but that's also something that I did when some of these other relationships 
fell away by, you know, joining a writer's collective with a shared office, you know, so that I would be around other people in a naturally, you know, just putting myself in situations where I would be surrounded by people, some of whom I became very close to, some still just people I waved to across, across the room. And of course, then COVID comes, we don't right. have that. So that's why actually in the book I write about, I included a chapter about my online uh, open houses, inviting strangers into my <laughs> Zooms, which was much more personal and intimate than I expected. But, you know, all these things I think are, are um, uh, values that uh, are beyond the values of monetary things that, you know, uh, sometimes, at least I have I found, have let you down. You can't count mm -hmm. on those, on that to, you know, like if there's a problem, throw money at it. Sometimes in life, there simply isn't the money you can throw at it, but you have to throw, you know, friends at it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, as long as we're talking about friends, you, there is a hilarious chapter about one of my fantasies, Annabelle, and that is <laughs> your fantasy of having a tiny house village with your friends as you get older. And then as you go through the chapter, one by one, the friends kind of fall away. So what do you think about that plan? Is, is, could, that, could that really work, the tiny house village plan? Okay, you know, I think all of us, uh, I feel like we all get the same uh, feeds on our social networks and, yes. and ads, like in, in whatever we go to on the web, you know, whatever you're talking about, basically you're, you're, the, the computer hears you and then sends right. you that. So, you know, I'll be stalked by the same pair of boots for four years, you know, <laughs> it's, it's so hilarious or, or like my secret, you know, uh, you know, Googling of skincare creams. I get every ridiculous thing. And then I also get stories of women who've bought a house together so they can go off and retire, or we bought a tiny home row in so-and-so. I mean, I get these things and I just feel like uh, some of these stories, I'm not sure what they're selling us. I'm actually not sure what it is that is for sale there, but I think it's basically like, I'd like, please tell me what happened to these people a year later. I just don't, I like, you know, and the homicide that occurred at the intentional community, I, you know, and sadly, I feel like it's a little improbable. I mean, the funny thing is that chapter is a total satire. That's the only one that didn't actually happen in life that made its way into the book, but I felt like it deserved to be there in, a, you know, a memoir because it's a fantasy that I play out all the time, how right. it's going to go, that fantasy is going to go down in flames. And I just think it's, it's a little bit difficult because we don't, you know, unless we're the last people on earth, all of us have attachments, children, family, right. elsewhere. How are we going to find a location? And then, you know, I'm, I'm the first one that's going to get the boot because I realized during COVID, this is one of those things we find out about them ourselves. I hum and sing to myself while I write, do chores. Really? Basically, yes. A oh, lot. that's annoying. Yeah, that's you're annoying. out. It's so you're annoying. I'm disqualified. I well, this book really hits a lot of touch points of midlife. And one is this sort of expectation versus reality where mm. you thought you might be and where you actually ended up. And that for you is the starting point for this book. Like, I don't, do you say things fell apart 
or things just spun out of control? How do you describe the impetus of this book? The, you know, the divorce, the losing your health insurance. <laughs> well, you know, How it's you funny. Describe? Well, you know, when, uh, when people list the things, I sometimes say like, oh my God, what happened to this person? I know. Like, oh, oh, this was me. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, because in, in some ways, you know, uh, I'm setting this up, you know, with all of the, what might be called and what I thought at the time were losses. And so some of these things were losses. Our parents, my parents, uh, both, uh, you know, left. Of course, they were, you know, in their early 80s. This isn't a, a, a tragedy, but it is a big life. It's a moment when identities are shifting. So mm -hmm. in that sense, you know, and I, I do try to make this clear, what happened in my life that was the precursor to this book was this thing, the same thing that happens to everybody. Your identity shifts. At a certain point, it's like immutable. You're not going backwards. And, you know, it's something I also write about sometimes is what I think of as the women's resilience prison. You're sentenced to like, you know, you've got to be resilient. Take two <laughs> resiliences and call me in the morning. Well, right. that sort of implies the implication of that language is that you're going to get right back up on that horse. Maybe that horse is gone. Maybe right. what you need to loot. Oh my God, this, I sound like some kind of like ridiculous. Maybe you need to learn to ride a bike, but I mean, I really mean it's true. <laughs> like, like you just can't return to the way you lived before when your kids grow. Well, of course I do write about kids boomeranging and coming back to live at home. And yet still that's different than when they it's were. Different. And that's, that's part of the whole negotiation of this different phase in your life where you really can't return to somehow the old ways that you worked before. Yeah. And so the identity shifts are sometimes things you just, uh, that's why I, I make the distinction, like I said, about resilience versus adaptability. You know, you have to really learn to adapt to this new part of life. The one thing that is, uh, I would say, the, you know, the crisis, but again, it's not just my crisis that really started the downward mobility in my life. Uh, again, something many people are sharing and particularly after COVID, right. uh, or I shouldn't say after COVID, we're not really after COVID. We're, we are, we're, we're in it still. We will be feeling the effects for many years and definitely the effects economically as well as all the intense uh, suffering many people have, have gone through. But uh, this, you know, what really started like uh, an, my, what I write about my austerity budget was uh, ha losing my health insurance that was, I got through my employers that's union, that's sponsored by our uh, union and uh, the writer's guild union in this case. And, um, you know, 5 million people, at least it's estimated, lost their employer sponsored health care during uh, March of 2020. So that's mm -hmm. about a year ago. And, you know, our, our, our nation's reliance on that is, that's a problem, you know, I mean, that system is just not coming back. And, and, uh, and that creates you know, everyone in America is one bad diagnosis away from economic insecurity. And that's, that's, that's a real issue that we have as Americans that many people in the Western world do not share because their country has a different idea of a safety net and also just basic, basic, basic human 
dignity. Yeah, yeah. Annabelle, I definitely want to, the, you write a lot, the theme throughout is this downward mobility and how you were dealing with it. And it, it's just, it's fascinating to me because it's something that people don't really talk about openly. There's so much shame about like not having enough money to pay for the life you used to have. And you, you have a lot of comedy in the various borders you take in, in your home yeah. and all of that. You yeah. certainly milk it for everything it's worth, but there is, there's a lot of shame around putting yourself out there or even admitting to people. And we saw this in our family because our parents went through a dramatic economic reversal in the late 70s, early 80s during that recession. And they never found a plan B. They never, like you were saying, okay, now you need to ride a bicycle instead of, you know, we've sort of, we saw our parents go through that and they could, they never adjusted uh, after the fact. And so what's poignant and, you know, hilarious about your book is just the endless attempts to adjust. Yeah, you know, I, it's, I, you know, it's funny because uh, when you say that, I think, oh my God, I, I wish I had known other people were going through that when they were growing up and watching their parents go through that because it was such a taboo subject. And I really saw my parents suffer because of that. My mom in particular was just, you know, as they lost the, uh, and, and let, let's just say here, this was a certain amount of privilege that, you you know, yes. when mm -hmm. they couldn't, they could no longer afford the country clubs, right? right? And, you know, but so what is that about? I mean, you know, just as the long view outside of the Gerwich family malaise, you know, that's that my mom felt that this was the message she had that you, you got to a certain point and then you stayed there. And this was, and this was so embarrassing. She couldn't then say, Oh, I had this at one point, uh, and even ask herself why that was so important to her. Uh, and then, you know, okay, back to the public courts. Like, it, you know, this, these, mm -hmm. these, the way that her identity was so wrapped up in status. I mean, that is even more important than, of course, you know, losing the members, the money for the membership. Right, and, right. And, and right. watching her suffer for, for that was something I just, I never wanted to do. So I, I think I, I, I worried, uh, you know, do I tend towards the overshare, you know, because <laughs> of that? Like, you know, like I'm an open book. Of course, I, there are things I don't write about in this, in in my writing, but, and so I'm not really an open book, but I, I, I do feel this is something that I've always been interested in, in writing. And this is my book that really, I really go for it in that sense. And I, uh, and this topic, and it's directly because I saw my mom mm -hmm. suffer from, and you know what it did? And this is really the effect besides the depression and the sleeping in the afternoons and the, and the, her own personal, um, her own personal shame. Well, the effect of that was that it separated her from other people. Right. And that is where I think you find a comfort. I mean, she did do a few things that were really 
quite extraordinary now, I think, in terms of like someone who suffered so much of that shame. She joined some local organization for marginalized women and uh, and that that they were attempting to give marginalized women and women who are victims of domestic violence a voice in the community she lived in. So she did did do some, some things, but she felt she had to separate from her community, people she really liked, because she couldn't live at that standard and she couldn't, she didn't want them to know. And that was crushing. So that's been a goal of mine is to say, is there a life? How do we live a life where we don't, uh, you know, and that, and that means really looking at your own values and this all sounds really hilarious, just <laughs> hilarious, but, you know, and also, but like looking at how you judge other people. I mean, right. so yeah. it really, it, it's a top to bottom uh, experience, you know, a, a point of view, but it is, it does lead to comedy. Like I write in the book about the story about when I accidentally found myself flying in a, I bought it on kayak, a really inexpensive ticket on a semi-private jet. And I realized, of course- I didn't even know that was possible. That whole story, I had to read it several times. I'm like, what is happening? How (laughs) how did she get on this plane? (laughs) It it was all just a a total accident. Of course, no one was more surprised than me. I bought this, what was called an empty leg seat uh, to from- (laughs) And from LA to Oakland, I know I was sure it meant I was going to be carrying like it was a medical transport <laughs> and I was going to be carrying a body part in a cooler. And, you know, the thing is, one thing I've really learned is, you know, there's that saying like, it's better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. It is not better to have experienced the luxury <laughs> of <laughs> private travel, because once you've done that, you are scarred for life by how fantastic it is yes. and then it, then it you know when you're treated like like a like a boiled egg i was i felt like i was a a soft boiled egg being carried along and i realized what a nicer person i was when i was treated that way <laughs> and then i had to like really like oh you need to really like look at yourself annabelle it was it was like very it was very bracing it was like a a slap in the face with a very nice mink glove. <laughs> yes. All right, Annabelle, I want to move on to something else you've been working on. The book is fantastic and funny, and yes. we'll have links links to it in our show notes. But oh. I am loving your podcast. You do a podcast called Tiny Victories. And you may not know that I badly broke my leg earlier this year, and I've been doing a series no. on the show called Little Victories, because, you know, when you have a major setback, then if my little victory in a day is getting my left sock on, I am going to celebrate that, Annabelle. That's what, I, that's what I'm doing oh. in my life now. And so yes. your, your show is so great. It's 15 minutes of just celebrating minor accomplishments and fleeting joys. How, why did you decide to do that? It's so great. Um, the thing about it is, you know, um, it's a short, it's a tiny podcast. It's 15 minutes long. I felt like that would be a good thing, particularly during the pandemic when there's a lot of, uh, 
you know, free floating anxiety. And for yes. people who mm-hmm. don't know exactly what that means, it means it's like your attention, you're very anxious, but you also are going like, oh, shiny object. I'll put my anxiety there. Oh, let me do this. It's very fragmented time, even though time sort of opened up into like a large chasm. So I thought, okay, short podcast. And then, you know, the idea is that sort of the the criteria or the threshold for the victories we share. And I just want to mention that we have a tiny victory hotline. (laughs) And I, uh, but yes, and I'm going to give out the number as a matter of fact. Um, But the thing about it is, is that, you know, when we say tiny, sometimes, I mean, look, getting your sock on after you've broken a leg is a big victory. It's just the thing is about it is that uh, it's not going to be headline news in the New York Times. That's (laughs) what makes it tiny is that it might be big for you, but it's not maybe earth changing, Mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 uh, and yet we need these small benchmarks. I think that's how we experience joy, particularly when greater joys have left us. So I want to mention the hotline because people call us with like the best stories and it's everything from like, I did something like put a sock on to <laughs> things like, um, you know, there's a great story someone shared. I, they live actually not far from me in uh, Silver Lake, uh, which is part of Los Angeles. And uh, their chickens, their urban chickens escaped the hatch and the neighbors, this is during COVID, the neighbors who had all really disliked those chickens, when they asked the neighbors if they'd seen the chickens, the whole little neighborhood street got together, masked, and went searching for the chickens. I and loved I just, that episode. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I just love that, that how that, you know, this, this moment that they were brought together. And so we have the hotline. And I, if I can give the number. Yeah, out, give the I number. Yeah, give people. the number. Right. I'm writing it down. It's, it's 323 Mm-hmm. 285-1675. That's the Tiny Victory Hotline, 323-285-1675. And uh, it's really fun also just to also hear what other people consider a it tiny is. victory. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it's sort of a tiny victory community. And, um, and part of the whole thing is also just to cultivate a frame of mind where you are thinking, oh, is there a tiny victory during my day? So it yes. may be that you're mm-hmm. not noticing those things. And by listening to the show, we help you to, and when I say we, I mean, I help myself to, rem- <laughs> <laughs> to remember to notice little things because, you know, I always think, you know, what do I know? I'm not a licensed therapist. I've been to a lot of therapy. I, you know, I'm also not, I'm not a licensed author. You know, what do I know? I just feel like I write about things and I create a podcast because it's something that I believe I need in my life. And I consider myself a very ordinary person. So I think, well, if it means something to me, so it's been really satisfying to- Thank you. Well, Annabelle, both the book and the podcast are doing a lot to lift us up here in the Satellite Sisterhood. So we thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you for joining 
joining us today. It's always great to talk to you. I know you have a busy virtual schedule, but we'll put links to everything <laughs> at SatelliteSisters.com and we'll, we'll spread the link love around. Thank you, Annabelle. Good luck with everything. Good luck. Thank you, sisters. Bye. 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 Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting <laughs> rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when I, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leon's. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Okay, sisters. Uh, it's good to talk to Annabelle. She's been through a lot. She <laughs> She's really been, has through, been a lot through a lot in the and last two years. So uh, it's just a pleasure to hear her honesty about some really tough topics. So thank you, Annabelle, for being on the show. Yeah, she puts it out there. That's what I enjoy about Annabelle. She, she's not afraid to talk about how poorly things are going, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay. I know. All right, so all information on Annabelle is going to be at SatelliteSisters.com. Also, I wanted to remind people that my book, The Sweeney Sisters, is out in paperback. It's got a special reading book, reading book club guide. I'm sorry. Ooh, it's got a special book club guide in the back of the paperback edition. And I'm happy to do book clubs for you. So you just want to go to my website, leandolan.com, and there's a contact sheet. And just let me know if you want me to appear at your Zoom book club. I'm happy to do that. Or I have a couple of book clubs already scheduled. You and your book club can just jump on my already scheduled book club on June 3rd and June 16th. I'm doing it through Crowdcast and there will be a link in the show notes and I will spread the link around on social media and at my website. But um, just perfectly made for book clubs. Just join in. You don't have to plan anything. Just do, just I'll be there and I can answer all your questions. So those are two book club events for people who have read this Sweeney sisters. And thanks to everybody who shared the photos. I really, really appreciate it. That's really fun. So people, people don't have to wait to just bump into you in a grocery store line. They can actually just <laughs> book you.
Uh, that, that's a nice service nice. you're providing. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Thank you, Liz. Uh, all right. And okay, so now the big question of the day is what do I get my husband for his birthday? I, I think it's good that you put it out to the satellite sister and Mr. Hood. Okay. Because they're they're great with gift ideas, Leanne. So, right. yeah. so don't look at us because I don't want to suggest something. And then if your husband doesn't like it, you would blame it on me. Well, oh. you me to, see, I don't want, I don't want that pressure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't worry about the blame. I just think your husband doesn't have a lot of needs. He doesn't you know? have a lot of needs. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like I have to identify hidden needs. It's like the mm -hmm. Mandy subscription has been a good gift. Mm -hmm. That was a highlight. Last mm -hmm. year, I got him a subscription to Spotify, his own subscription. Oh, oh. and yeah. that he's in, he enjoys that. Yeah. Yes, I got him the Spotify and then a nice little Bose speaker that he can move around with him, uh, you know, to his office or to the garage when he's working out there. And that that has been a high point of gift yeah. giving for me. Yeah. He has really, really enjoyed that. So I'm looking to replicate that. So if you're listening to this and you can answer within two days, because <laughs> just in a couple of days. So don't waste any time. You know, he does like cars. He does like running. He does like working out in the yard. He doesn't mm -hmm. like gadgets of any kind. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. he doesn't run with anything. He's, he'd rather just use a shovel and an ax. He doesn't need any special gadgets, but I'm just telling you, that's what he likes. So, uh, okay. Those so, are all, those are good guidelines. Lane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he doesn't even listen to music when he runs. No, never. Wow. No. And he's I a hardcore he runner. That's a lot of miles just in your own head. Mm, good for him. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. he likes it that way. That's he no, does. obviously he yeah. does. I yeah. admire that. He does, Liz, he doesn't want any outside guidance for what his mental brainwave should be. He's not okay. interested in a meditation class or a yoga class, okay. organized okay. religion, the list of things, prayer, the things <laughs> he doesn't care about are vast. But he goes out there and he runs his 10 miles all in his head. That's what, you know, does that long run on Sundays or yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's it. I'll take, I'll take any and all suggestions. You can go to, I'll start a thread at the Facebook group. Good idea. All right. Um, last week I reported on the show that I was interested in going to the zoo uh, mm -hmm. on my day off. Guess what? I made it to the zoo. So, oh, good. Um, so Did you enjoy is, it? This is Entertaining Sisters and it was entertaining. Julie, it was just <laughs> delightful. I mean, again, I really haven't been out or gone any place. We've had most places here have been closed in Los yeah. Angeles. Uh, so, or just recently reopened. And so we, I'm glad we made our advance reservations. Julie, you told me to do that. Mm -hmm. I did that because it did sell out. I went with my son, Colin. We spent two delightful hours at the zoo. It was perfect. You know, the LA Zoo is straight uphill. It is a very hilly zoo. And that's what I remember from schlepping the kids when I was little was that you just had to just run to the top because by the end of the day, you were just exhausted and you couldn't, you needed the downhill to get the toddlers home. And yeah, um, yeah. when I saw those young moms pushing those double strollers and oh. slapping those juice boxes in front of those kids, I mean, it just all came back to me. It's just so nice that Colin could just walk on his own. Yes, he can. <laughs> At his age, imagine that. <laughs> yes. yes. 
No, but here's the, here's the entertaining part. So we're enjoying the zoo, but he had also the night before seen um, the Snyder cut of Justice League. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because know. you don't have a 30 year old in your 30 or below in your house that loves superhero yeah. movies. Okay. So right. this is what director Zack Snyder, after he dropped out of the Justice League for personal reasons, he went back in and did his own four hour cut of the movie. The movie is four hours long, Julie. Did I mention that? It's a four hour (laughs) Okay. So Colin finally took the four hours and watched it. So the good news is I got a two hour movie review while at the zoo. (laughs) Okay. Wow. That's lots to talk about. What is the recommendation? The recommendation is he had four hours to produce a single moment of human emotion and couldn't do it. That is, (laughs) he didn't love it. I I could say he didn't love it. Apparently not. Yes. He didn't love the movie and he's a real Batman fan. And he said the fact that Batman isn't Batman till an hour and 45 minutes into the movie is wrong. So that's, so there you go. But uh, we had a lot of fun. It was a good double date, Colin, me and Zack Snyder. And the animals. <laughs> I'm going to tuck away that review. I'm at some point I'll meet somebody who's under You're, 30 and I'm going to, I'm going to pass that by. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'm going to sound really cool. Thanks. Yeah. You have a strong opinion about the Snyder Cut. Yes. That's what I recommend. Okay. Mm. Mm. Well, Leanne, your visit to the zoo, and you posted some photos on your own Facebook page, right? Or was it Instagram? Yeah. Some of your favorite animals at the zoo had me thinking about animals for entertaining sisters this week. And then there were two things that popped up that I thought I must recommend. The first is a new four-part series called Secrets of the Whales, which is on National Geographic and Disney Plus, because, you know, Disney now owns National Geographic. So this is an unbelievably gorgeous four-part documentary series about whales are just like us. That's, uh, that's the lesson. Whales are just like us. Whales have families. Whales have feelings. You know, whales learn things. Whales teach their kids things. They spent three years filming it. It's filmed all over the world, you know, New Zealand, Patagonia, uh, Arctic Canada, the Cook Islands, Antarctica, just unbelievably gorgeous filming, as you, as you would expect, and, and all kinds of whales. You know, you got your humpbacks, you got your narwhals, you got, you got a lot of whales here. It's the secrets of the whales. And uh, so, and it is, um, it's beautiful to watch. It's very um, uh, informative. But it's, it's also very emotional, you know, like when you see, I get really emotional at these nature films when you see like a mother whale trying to save a baby whale yeah. that has been oh, yeah. like, oh, you know, yeah. all that stuff, it really gets to you. So it has a lot of emotional ups and downs, which is very well done. One section, Leanne, is when so As opposed to the Snyder Cut list. The it Snyder Cut, like, yes. I sounds guess. like- it sounds think, like Secrets of the Whales is more emotionally on, on point than Much more. Movie. And these are human emotions just acted out by whales, you know. <laughs> is um, it too intense for children, Liz? No, I don't think it is. Okay. No, because there's nothing that is really awful that they show you. But there is, it's a circle of life, Julie. Circle of okay. life. And okay. there, there is uh, like one section when the beluga whales are like moving through the ice pack up in uh, the Arctic. And there are bears there, Lee, and I know you love the bears. Yeah. But the, but the bears versus the belugas, that's, that's oh, that a struggle. 
you that know, the um, pol polar bears, obviously. But um, anyway, so I just really, really recommend it. And I saw an advanced screening online, um, but it premieres this week on Earth Day, you know, the oh. uh, April 22nd is Earth Day. So it premieres on Disney Plus and Nat Geo. And um, there's a lot to learn from this. Oh, and the narrator, I didn't even mention that yet. You know how on our special show last weekend, when Heather Moran from Sixth and I asked us who should play us in the movie? Yeah, that of was a the good Satellite question. Sisters. Yeah. That was a good question. I never really thought about that before. Me neither. I don't I don't know why I said Sigourney Weaver, but Sigourney <laughs> Weaver was just on my mind. I don't know why. I think it's because she was in that great episode of Call My Agent, Call Your Agent, whatever oh, yeah. it is. Yeah, that yeah. Was she, like, she was fantastic. Anyway, Sigourney Weaver narrates Secrets of the Whales. So I guess maybe I just knew that there was some Sigourney in my future. Um, anyway, so, so I totally recommend that, Secrets of the Whales. The other thing is an Oscar-nominated documentary called My Octopus Teacher. Have either of you heard about this or seen no. this? No. I've heard about it. I have not, again, have not seen okay. anything. You would have to like tales of underwater creatures, you know, because this is basically a documentary about a guy in South Africa who just starts swimming like for his own mental health, but bonds with this octopus who lives there and he swims every single day. So he's free diving. He's not a scuba diver. He's free diving and filming this octopus. And it's about the relationship he develops with this octopus. Wow. Which, uh, and it's really, I mean, the octopus stuff is beautiful. The guy, I don't care so much about. The octopus, <laughs> I thought, was really interesting. And anyway, it's, uh, maybe it'll win an Oscar this weekend. I don't know. But it's called My Octopus Teacher. And oh, I forget where you can watch it. I think it's on Hulu or Netflix or something. I'll check on that and put it in the show notes. But there you go. You got your whales and you got your octopuses. Okay. Well, as long as we're talking about animals, I have to mention the birds because this it started april 19th and runs through may 7th it is a campaign that's called lights out texas and the reason we're having a lights out texas uh, leon and liz do you realize a billion birds migrate uh do a spring migration through texas during this period a, a billion? billion a billion with a b birds okay this is this is when, when they come through. But unfortunately, when they, they fly at night, uh, uh, most of the birds fly at night. And the reason they fly at night is because of raptors, okay, that would attack them and eat them. So, and the raptors fly mainly during the day. So most of the birds are, a billion birds are flying at night. And a lot of them are crashing into office buildings and other structures. So, the, so they've started a campaign here in Texas to have, you know, to have people turn off office buildings, big lights, big structures, so that the birds, which navigate by the moon and the stars, can just make it on through and head back north. We got a billion birds coming through. I, I really want to get up in the middle of the night and see if I can see some of this. I don't wow. know, but isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, so that's they like to fly at night. It's also less turbulent air um, at night, and it makes it easier for some of the small birds. More efficient. You know, they got a long way to go, uh, but one out of three birds in this part of the world will be traveling through Texas uh, between April 19th and May 7th. Oh, 
Okay. okay. And, you know, Julie, birds, have, birds have really helped us during the uh, pandemic. Yes. So I think so, we need to do everything we can to get as many of these birds on their way and not crash into buildings. All okay. right. It looks like, uh, according to the New York Times, that this is a, sort of a national program in other cities, too. They're trying to help these birds out. So. Okay. So good for Texas and uh, good for everybody else. Okay, Julie, that's very interesting. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you for bringing that to Satellite Sisters. Okay, um, and I looked it up. My octopus teacher is on Netflix. Just FYI. Okay. Again, good word. <laughs> put it in the notes. Yeah. Doing, see, real-time fact-checking. That's how hard we work for you. Yeah. I also just fact-checked raptors. I didn't know raptors were real. I don't know. I just thought raptors were it's a like... classification of birds, Liz. Yes. I did not know that. Yes. I thought, I thought they were like old dinosaurs no, no, that were no, extinct. Liz. no. Okay. I'm talking about birds. I'm going to at least try to use the right terms. Okay, no, you good for you. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. Were Were you not the chief marketing officer of National Geographic? <laughs> no, I got I got the whales covered, Lee, and a lot of other animal categories. <laughs> Big cats. Okay. You want your the cats of the Kalahari? I got you covered. But okay, raptors, I don't know. Study up on raptors, Liz. Okay. <laughs> Um, that is it for our show today. We would like to thank our engineer, Sergio Enriquez. Thanks, Sergio, for always making us sound great. Thanks to our graphic designer, Emily Loudermilk, for her terrific artwork that accompanies every show and on our social media. You can find us at Sat Sisters. If you're not following us on Instagram, please do. We post Emily's graphics there every week. A big thanks to our sponsors and thanks to you for supporting our sponsors. It really does allow us to do this show. Thank you for supporting Satellite Sisters and Women's Voices on the Air. And sisters and misters, we would love it if you would rate and review Satellite Sisters, especially if you're still feeling the glow from the big anniversary show. Now would be the perfect time to write a review. I was looking, there's a really good one on Apple Podcasts that just got posted last week, sisters. Madge52, thank you very much. What she wrote is, if I could give this podcast a hundred stars, I would do so. Aww, <laughs> Thanks, love Madge52. So anyone else, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever, posting a review really helps us and give us those five stars. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, sisters, time for our to-do list. I know uh, for me, it's all about getting together the Satellite Sisters Beach Bag Books list. So I am oh. reading books. I am listening to books. I am buying books at independent bookstores to bring to you. So we're putting that list together. That'll be out uh, probably in early June, but I have a lot of reading to do to get the list together. So suggestions welcome, Liz and Julie. Suggestions okay. welcome. Okay. <laughs> Liz, what about you? I am getting my second shot this week, sisters. Oh, so great. I'm very excited about that. Get that done. Then the two weeks downtime or two weeks and then I'm good. So second shot. I'm very excited. That's great. Good. Okay. For me, I am going to try to stop muttering. I have taken up muttering under my mask. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how. I just am like talking and muttering all the time. Every time I put a mask on, I don't think it's a good, good habit. <laughs> Please stop muttering, please. <laughs> yeah, once the pandemic is, once you're out of the house again, that's not going to work at all. Imagine how that's going to come across in the grocery store lines. You're muttering, you've just got candy and wine, you're muttering, that's not good. Okay. I think, let's put, let's all put that on our to-do list. Stop muttering. It's, all, right. all right, sisters, have a great week. You too. You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.